Greatness is not something that exists on its own. It's not like one person is great because they're just great. It's greatness is again a collective um, situation, and we, you know, it feeds off one another. But the first part of it is recognizing what we have in ourselves and then bringing that to light. Hello and welcome to Brilliant Misfits, talks with women who are the renegades, the creatives, the entrepreneurs, the artists who didn't fit in and how they've turned it around by courageously following the beat of their own heart. We'll be discussing all things creative, mindful and artful to inspire you to do it your way and be brilliant with your host, Asia Kennedy. Welcome, everyone, to another episode of Brilliant Misfits, episode 28. And today I have a lovely guest who I've been stalking for a (laughs) long time. (laughs) She runs a company called Moloco. She makes flip-flops. And I bought a pair, and I love my flip-flops because when I walk on the sand, they um, have this little message that gets imprinted into the sand, which says, Be Grateful. And that's just one of the many beautiful sayings of these flip-flops. And I really wanted to talk to this amazing, brilliant misfit because I love what she's doing. I love her company. So without further ado, I'm going to introduce you to my guest today, Kathy Wong, the founder of Moloco. Hi, Kathy. Welcome. Yeah, hi Aisha. Thank you so much for that gorgeous intro. (laughs) (laughs) I just, I really meant every word. I love my flip flops and I love even more that by buying that pair of flip flops, um, the benefits that has. And I want you to describe it and talk a little bit, if you would, about how you came to creating this company. Sure. Well, look, you know, it's, uh, it is an interesting story because I had absolutely no idea I was doing this. I mean, if you asked me, we're just on almost two years. In fact, tomorrow's our birthday. Um, I would not have been able to picture this at all. So uh, it was, yeah, just on, well, it was February 2014, actually. I can remember clearly, Aisha, where I just woke up from asleep one morning and I had this, you know, really aha moment, which was um, just three words which would change the course of my life forever. And uh, those three words, it was really interesting. I've been a graphic designer all my life and that was really my past life, my past business. And uh, I can really recall how clearly those three words, they were in this Helvetica bold typeface and I don't even like Helvetica bold (laughs) and uh, it was just like you know really strong it was like uh, neon and it just was you know those three words were make a difference and it was like what this is you know what is this Uh, and I you know it took me a few moments to realize what was going on and I just kind of dismissed it you know but then it was really this very, very, very strong message that kept haunting me for the next few days. And I thought, you know what, I need to listen to this. Someone's trying to tell me something. And um, then I started, you know, this whole exploration of, well, what do I know about how to make a difference, you know? 
all my life I've just been a designer. I, I have no idea how I'm going to make a difference. And I thought about it and, you know, one of the things that I had um, always done in most of my life was support children's charities and I had always said that one day I will do something big with children. Well, that one day had come, right? And um, so I knew I wanted to do something with children. And I was also, because I had been away for 10 years, I had retired from my previous business. I went and lived out in uh, the country. I lived out on a rural property and, you know, did all the things I wanted to do, which were travel and also, you know, learning how to become an organic, uh, you know, farmer. I um, was very, very aware of the disconnects that had, was happening in um, society. I felt that, you know, it was kind of ironic that we had so many ways of connecting with people, you know, through social media. You said you're a bit of a stalker, which <laughs> I am too now. Um, but, you know, so many different ways. And I thought, isn't this interesting that we have so many ways we can connect to people, yet why are people more disconnected than ever? Mm. And I was very aware of that in the 10 years I was away. So when I had my epiphany moment about making a difference, I automatically also went to that place of thinking about, you know, the way that people were disconnected, the way I saw a lot of unhappiness and people generally not feeling fulfilled. And so um, I thought, okay, what I'll do is I'll use myself as a bit of a human experiment. I'll set up a Facebook page. I knew nothing about that. Uh, and I will start sharing with people positive messages, affirmations. They, they were always very key to my life. And I will just start putting those things out there and see what happens. And very quickly, within like a matter of a fortnight, people were just reaching out from all over the place, uh, telling me I was inspiring them, telling me that, yeah, telling me some really um, intimate things about their life. And I was quite surprised about that in one way, but then at the same time, not surprised because it really. Um, I suppose, reinforced my thinking about this connect. Mm. And so that was happening. That was like in a matter of a couple of weeks after I got my light bulb moment Then I started exploring more about the children. And somehow, you know how these things happen, right, where you put an intent out there and suddenly all these things were coming to me very quickly. So... Just after that fortnight or so, I came across an article and I can't even remember where, where I found it, what the article was, but the article was about these children um, in the world without shoes. And, you know, I discovered that there were over 300 million children without shoes and what then I discovered was that these children, um, because they didn't have shoes, in many uh, developing countries like India, which is the country we support, children can't actually go to school without shoes. And the reason for that is because of fear of spreading disease through their feet. 
because these children are walking over. It's not like they're walking over lovely grass and, you know, sand. They're actually walking over some pretty horrendous situations, you know, industrial waste, you know, very toxic areas. Then there's the whole sanitation issue. And um, so that's the reason they, they're not allowed to go to school. And then secondly, of course, you know, they are. They are getting all sorts of terrible diseases on their feet. And, you know, and in some cases, if those diseases do become, you know, um, very serious, they could get gangrene and then, you know, limbs are affected. And then if that's not dealt with, it can be fatal. So I just couldn't believe that. Mm. And, you know, that's yeah. amazing. You know, I was just remembering um, the first time I ever went to India that it was quite a, a point made to everybody that was on this trip with me that we make sure that we always wore shoes um, and for that reason that we could pick up disease. And so isn't that interesting that, oh. you know, they would tell the tourists. And so when you're talking, I'm just having this memory of, yeah, it is a dangerous thing. And I can't believe 300 million children are affected by this this is right and then you know i was um how long ago were you in india when you well that was quite a while ago that that was in the um early 90s when i went oh interesting yeah i haven't heard that before but that's really interesting and so then i learned about you know um that there was like 22,000 children dying a day from poverty and that um you know, I learned about the consequences of poverty because I was quite, um, I suppose, um, ignorant, you know, about the situation. And, and, you know, the biggest, two biggest issues that we are dealing with are human trafficking and organ harvesting. And as I said, I just felt completely um, touched and, and deeply moved. And I just knew I had, that was where I needed to help. I had no yeah. idea. <laughs> that was where you felt you could make a difference or that you had this leaning to make a difference in this particular area. That's right. That's right. And uh, and then not long after that, because as I said, things were moving extremely quickly. Very soon after that, I read about social enterprise. And um, I don't know if, if you understand. And maybe I should explain what social enterprise is, Aisha. Should I do that? Yeah, I'd love you to do that. I don't know really what that means. Cool. Well, look, it's really um, very much a new model of doing business. Uh, In the charity world, people would know the not-for-profits, the NGOs, Mm -hmm. and the words not-for-profit can actually sometimes be misleading because not-for-profits do make profit. And the basic difference between a social enterprise and a not-for-profit or an NGO is that they, the, the not-for-profits have to fundraise all the time to uh, make money to then be able to support their causes, whereas a social enterprise has a product or a service that people want and then they run like a commercial business mm-hmm. so that they can then be profitable and sustainable And then they can then, you know, they have funds, then put that towards the causes that they're supporting. And what is actually happening a lot at the moment is a lot of the uh, not-for-profits are actually collaborating with social enterprises or trying to bring in divisions or um, projects into their range so that they can actually then have a revenue stream that is generated 
through products and services that uh, social enterprises are creating. Mm -hmm. And, you know, the other difference too is the structure in which both organisations run. A um, not-for-profit, they will have a board but they can't distribute uh, profits to the board. However, we've all heard of, you know, all these not-for-profits that can pay huge salaries to uh, management teams. So you you could also, you know, say, well, what's really the difference between that situation and then if a company decides to um, pay out dividends to a board. So that's really the, the big difference. Mm, so you found out, you researched about social enterprise. Did you know anything about it before? No, it wasn't even on my radar. <laughs> so, <laughs> and because all I knew was when I decided I've got to help these children, how am I going to do that? I have no idea. And it was literally, I don't know, a week or so later, I was reading about social enterprise. So I I really feel that, you know, as I said, I think when you're on purpose, things just come. Mm. Everything has just come. And um, so then it was like, okay, well, what am I going to create that people will want? And I went through various scenarios. I looked at clothing. I looked at homewares and even went as far to have some samples made up. But they weren't really, they weren't really quite resonating with me. And I live here on the northern beaches in Sydney and I was down at the beach one day and I'm the person who's never owned a pair of thongs before this, <laughs> uh, which is really quite funny. That is funny, yeah. Never owned a pair of thongs because I could never find any thongs that could fit my very flat feet. They were never comfortable. But anyway, I was down at the beach and... I just noticed all these people wearing thongs and it was like, you know, these thongs were just coming and hit me in the head and it was like, oh, my goodness, that's it. I'm going to use these thongs which mean, you know, happy times. I mean, what do do thongs represent to you, Aisha? Oh, like freedom. It's almost like being barefoot, you know. You just yes. slip them on and you don't have to tie or lace or, you know, they're not. your feet aren't confined. So there's a freedom to them. It reminds me of summer and, you know, the warmth, everything like that, sunshine. That's right. So all very positive things, mm. you know. And I thought, wow, I'm going to tell the story on thongs because here we have a direct contrast with children who in some cases will never ever own a pair of shoes in their life and yet we have you know people wearing thongs and they don't even think about it we don't even have people thinking about shoes at all and so I just thought it was a very appropriate um, platform to be able to deliver my message about these kids so Mm. I think you know, almost, I'm almost in tears. It's just so incredibly beautiful. And I think um, just to interject, when I'm listening to you and you say all these things just started to come on, you know, come to you uh, because you're on purpose. But also, I think what's important is that you were asking the questions. You know, you were asking, "How do I do this?" You know, you were actually signaling out to the universe or whatever you want to call it, you're saying, well, how can I do this? And then that question actually magnetized the answers to come to you. That's what I'm hearing in this story. It's so beautiful. Yeah, no, you're right, actually, because that's 
been my whole journey. Every step along the way when I have, you know, struggled and I've got to say, I mean, I've been an entrepreneur pretty much all my life and so I'm very familiar with the entrepreneurial journey. However, this journey has been so much bigger, you know, and uh, because I'm working in areas that I don't know anything or, well, I know a little bit more now, uh, but, you know, I was working in areas that I knew nothing about, like manufacturing, like social enterprise, like retailing, you know, Mm. and every step along the way when I thought I couldn't, I can't do this, I just can't do this, it's too hard, I don't know how, tell me how I'm meant to do this, literally, somebody would fall out of the sky and front up and say, hey, I know how to do this. I can help you. I love hearing that. I think that's a really important message to the listeners too because there are a lot of entrepreneurial women that listen to the show and, you know, more and more and more we're getting to see and experience the great benefit of uh, collaboration and reaching out for support and that we're not having to do everything by ourselves. In fact, I don't think we can. I don't think we're meant to. And um, so this is sort of resurgence that we can actually work together with people or ask for help and it's right there and it's amazing what happens when we can open up that door. Yeah, exactly. And I love what you've just said there because that is exactly how, you know, I've been able to um, get this business up and running and grow it because it's all about the power of collaboration, community, which is directly, you know, if we go right back to where I was, I started my story, was, you know, I talked about connection mm. and the way in which, I mean, that's how we met, right? You know, uh, we met, I think, through Facebook, didn't that's we? That's right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I, first, I first saw you on Facebook and I saw you and I looked into your company, I went to your website, I said, I have to have a pair of those flip-flops and it was just like, and then I've just been waiting and waiting and, you know, the the whole podcast, Brilliant Misfits, came about very similarly. It was words that I woke up with one morning. I had no idea what that meant. Brilliant Misfits, okay, you know, I liked liked the sound of it, I liked the meaning of it, but I had no idea – how it was going to manifest in the world and it became a podcast so wow yeah (laughs) tell me was it in Helvetica bold no it wasn't but I wasn't a graphic designer so (laughs) wow that's amazing yeah so you you totally understand what I'm talking about and then yeah so um and and yes you also mentioned you know I've had to learn to ask for help and not only ask but then receive unconditionally. That is not something that I ever, ever had to do. Mm. Oh, that's such an important one, isn't it? I mean, to receive. I think a lot of us uh, women, we, we, you know, especially if you're independent and you've had your own businesses um, and you're there for other people, lots of different circumstances. But so I find that a lot of women have difficulty in fully receiving, you know, really fully receiving 100%. Yeah, most definitely. And it it took me a while to get that lesson. And, you know, once I really did embrace that, more just came in. The, the, it was like the floodgate just opened. And, um, you know, and, and the crazy thing is here's the irony, you know, I um, 
and giving to, to children who, you know, there's no expectation from them. I know there's no, I don't have any expectation and yet I couldn't do that for myself. You know, it was just, yeah, that was the <laughs> irony. It is of- ironic, isn't it? Mm, mm, that's right. So I want to ask you about the company name, Moloko. Mm. Now, how did you come up with a name like that? <laughs> it doesn't have a meaning? It does. It actually translates to dream crazy. <laughs> I yeah. love that. Dream yeah. crazy. Dream crazy because, you know, we are an inspirational brand and whilst I am working with children in poverty, my greater picture is to really inspire everybody to dream those big, fat, you know, juicy, audacious dreams that make you feel, you know, a mixture of excitement and almost like you want to vomit. Um, so because I know that when you are going down that path, that's how you find your purpose. And, um, and, and when people do that on a, you know, on a ripple effect scale, everyone's going to ch- touch the people that they come into contact. And I really believe at the end of the day, that's what's going to change the world. And so there's that aspect to it with the dream crazy. And then I'm also very, very interested in inspiring other business owners to create purposeful businesses. And, you know, wouldn't it be cool, Aisha, if we had a world where every single product or service we bought had built into it a give back? I'd love that. I mean, I, you know, it's a feel-good thing, isn't it, Kathy? When I, when I bought my flip-flops, I, I really felt good, not because I was getting these beautiful flip-flops for myself, but I felt so good knowing that that pair of flip-flops for me was providing a pair of shoes for a child in India, that that is fantastic. And I think that most people feel that way, really deep down inside. Like, And so I agree with you. More businesses that can be like that, I think people would go for it. I think it's a wonderful thing and it would help so much. Well, it, yeah, it, it, because it's a no-brainer. Most people have this, I think everybody, not most people, everybody has inside them that desire to want to help. Mm. We're built that way. And what comes in the way is that, you know, a lot of people get stuck in, you know, other aspects of their life and, you know, there's lack of time or whatever it is. But, you know, if it's a no-brainer and you can just have it built into your purchases, then I think everybody would be, you know, would embrace that if they knew about it. And so if it became the norm, I just think it's really easy for that to become the norm if everybody started to do that. I totally, um, really deeply honor your desire for, to help other businesses do the same thing that you've been doing. And I just want to, you know, you, you wrote a blog recently that I was so taken with, and it was about greatness and what you does, really are a good stalker. <laughs> uh, well, there, you know, it's just something's really um, hit me or they touch me deeply and. Um, and so I was reading your blog about greatness and, and it really stayed with me because, you know, I think that um, you mentioned this also in the blog, but I think that when we think of greatness or we think of people who are great, we think of people like, you know, like you mentioned, Mother Teresa or, you know, Oprah. And then, and then in a way we think, well, they're great, 
but I don't have that greatness. And I think that that's, you know, an illusion. And I think that we're all great and that whatever we're contributing, we can be great at. And it doesn't have to be a huge, big thing. You know, it can just be whatever it is that we're bringing into the world. And so can you just talk a little bit about why you wrote that article, what that means to you, greatness? Yeah, yeah, and I thank you. Look, I just believe that, uh, as you've said, you know, everybody has unique gifts and we are all great. It's just, and greatness is not something that exists on its own. It's not like one person is great because they're just great. It's greatness is, again, a collective um, situation and we, you know, it feeds off one another. But the first part of it is recognizing what we have in ourselves and then bringing that to light because then that also has again you know that ripple effect when you bring that out in yourself it's kind of like it gives permission to the other person to do that as well and it inspires them and then it just keeps you know it keeps being passed on Mm. and I think it's very easy for people to look at those people that we see are the great leaders and those high-profile great people and almost like put them on a pedestal and go, well, they're great, but I could never be like that, you know. Mm. But we can all be like that in different ways. It's not to say that, you know, if I take my situation, we don't want to, it's not that everyone has to be the person at the front leading a social enterprise, we need everybody. Like there's no way I could have done this without people like yourself, Aish. You know, I needed that community because it's well and good if I'm going to set this up and talk about it. But if nobody's going to follow me and support me, then it's not going to work, you know. And um, so I think that it's, and as, as you said, it can be something as simple as just being happy within yourself that then's going to affect everyone around you and, you know, then they're going to feel great. And it's there's so many ways that we're great, but I, I suppose it's that definition mm. of that word that maybe, you know, to me it's how people are interpreting that word, which is not necessarily um, great. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Uh, yeah, so I really think it's about, you know, tapping into your ability. And the, and the reason I wrote that blog, yes, is because it is a very hot topic at the moment. Mm. It seems that everyone's, have you found that? It seems that everyone's mm. talking about this and it seems to be almost, yeah, a, a trendy topic. Yes, it is. Like, and, and it's really important to define for oneself, and I'll offer this to the listeners, define for yourself what great means to you and how you can be great in your own life. That's right. Yeah, that's to really redefine it for ourselves. That's right. Yeah, that's really beautifully put. It is really our interpretation, our definition for ourselves. And, and, you know, it's purely for ourselves. It does not have to be compared to anyone else. And I think it's also a very common, um, a, a very common, well, I would call it a mistake that uh, we do, a lot of people do make. We we compare all the time, you know? Yeah. Yes, that's true. 
Comparatinitis. <laughs> Comparatinitis, exactly. And I think that's very damaging. Oh, it is. It really is. It, there's no need. We're all unique. We're all brilliant. We're all misfits. <laughs> We're all misfits. That's why I love your name. I love misfits. <laughs> and we have to celebrate that we're misfits and celebrate that uniqueness about ourselves. We don't want to be like anyone else, really. I mean, it's silly. Why would you want to be like anyone else? We all have our special star and we can shine from that inner star and bring our light into the world in our individual ways. Into the, collec- into the collective. Into the collective. And, and maybe it's, you know, I'm not so in, in touch now with what goes on in schools, but I know when I was going through the schooling system and, you know, everyone was, I suppose I felt that everybody was encouraged to be like one another mm. and there was that whole fitting into the group thing, you know, and, Oh, and God, I tried really hard. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And I was a misfit back then, but and you know, but I wanted to be like everybody else, mm. you know. And maybe that's a maturity thing as well. It's it might not just be the fact it was school, but yeah. And it wasn't till some time later. I think it was probably more in my somewhere in my. 20s that I really started to want I was really glad I was different but back then I just wanted to be part I didn't want to stand out I just want to be part of the crowd you know be like everyone else Ah, I can so relate to that exactly I think when I was young it was you know I really wanted to be like everyone else and sadly it was never going to happen because I grew up with blonde-haired kids and, you know, in an Irish Catholic town. And, uh, you know, my mom's Japanese and there was just, there's no way I was going to fit in. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. And I used to hate that I had, you know, a different mom. But, you know, it, it just comes around, like you say, it's all part of our path and the tapestry that we weave in our lives. And um, I'm just so grateful to be who I am and to have that difference and I love my heritage now and yeah it's just a process of of growing into yourself I think yeah most definitely oh okay I was wondering if you had Asian background yeah okay yes now I want to we're almost out of time and I really do want to um, highlight something that you're doing around um, Christmas time with the the shoes you have a little campaign going and uh, for India and for the kids that um, don't have shoes. So can you just give us a little description of that and how we can help? Yeah, love to. Yes, we just launched uh, recently the 1,000 Shoes for India campaign where we want everybody to get behind buying more shoes, especially at this time of year when we are looking for gifts that, you know, this is a gift that's something a bit different. It's a gift that keeps giving uh, you know, buy shoes for everybody. We don't care who they are uh, because we really want to get another 1,000 shoes to the kids for Christmas before they start school, the school term again next year. Mm-hmm. And uh, so the way in which people can help is connect with us on our website, on our social media, share information because I suppose one of the big challenges is when you're in a startup mode is brand awareness, you know, and so we've been so fortunate to have our community get behind us and tell everybody they know, buy the shoes, uh, all of those things are absolutely, you know, um, amazing and, you know, the way in which we can get these extra shoes that we want to get to the kids before Christmas. Mm. 
Beautiful. And I'm, I'm going to put on the show notes for everybody, your website and the links to your Facebook page so that they can easily go on there, have a look, buy a pair, buy three, buy five, give them away for gifts. And you know, the beautiful thing when I received mine, I didn't just receive the, the, the flip-flops, you know, just bare. They came in this incredibly beautiful bag. Do they still come in those little bags? Yeah, so for Chris, they always come in a bag anyway. They normally come in an orange bag, but for Christmas we're doing them in sari bags, which have actually been made by the children and the mothers because we're always looking for as many ways in which we can create impact. And so these um, sari bags are actually made out of recycled sari fabric and the person who's made the bag, is uh, their name is stitched onto the bag. But the way in which this works is um, there are several training divisions of our charity partner, the Hope Foundation, and one of them happens to be the fashion sewing area and that's where these bags are made. And by me or other people commissioning this type of work, uh, there's a pool of money that um, then is created and it means then that the mothers can actually start a sewing business with a very cheap loan and that's another way in which they can actually get their own families out of poverty. Oh, beautiful. I love that. So I, I highly recommend if you're listening to this show that you do visit the website Buy a pair of flip-flops and they just have beautiful positive sayings that are carved into the bottom of the shoe so when you walk on the sand, you leave that imprint behind. I love that idea. That's a very inspired idea. It's beautiful. Oh, thank you. Yes, so we're here. We're we're ready to serve. (laughs) Thank you, Kathy, so much for being on the show. I deeply appreciate it. I wish you the best success in your business and in helping others do similar businesses. Thank you so much. Oh, thank you so much, Isha. I really enjoyed being on your show and uh, I look forward to uh, hearing the podcast and other ones that you're doing. Thank you, everyone, for listening to today's episode with Kathy Wong from Moloko. Flip-flops that make a difference. Uh, just really love her, her business, her energy, her heart, and everything that she has put in. And I must say also her courage. I don't think it's for the faint-hearted, but she definitely is in tune with following whatever her guidance is coming in and um, asking the questions like, how can I do this? And, And that's really a wonderful thing that we can take away from today's episode is that, you know, we're faced with these big visions that might come to us and we think oh well I can't do that um yeah I don't know how and really ask the question to yourself how how can I do this please show me and you know the universe wants to support us it wants us to help each other it wants us to really serve in a way that uplifts and nourishes the planet that we live on and the people that inhabit it so really tune into those voices that you might get or you have this idea, really rise above the fear and get curious and say, well, how can I do this? How can I make this happen? And listen, take the clues, pay attention and see what happens, see what unfolds. It's a magical life that we're living if we choose to make it so. So if you enjoy the show, please subscribe and you'll get it downloaded to your nominated device every week 
And if you care to, you can also leave it a rating, which I'd really appreciate. It's always good to get a rating and a comment about the show and what you've liked so far. And if you want more information, you can always go to my website, asiakennedy.com, where there's lots of little juicy good bits for living a mindful, creative life. And come over to the Facebook group, Brilliant Misfits. It's a private group, Circle of Women, where we continue the conversations, we continue the support, inspiration, and encouragement to creating lives with infinite possibilities, encouragement, collaboration, and support. So thank you once again for listening, and as always, be true to you and be brilliant. Thank you all for being here today. If you enjoyed the episode, please go to iTunes and give it a review and subscribe. And don't forget to join our private Facebook group, Brilliant Misfits. And for more information on living a creative life, www.asiakennedy.com.